0: On today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together.
1: Before she told me this morning, mommy, you talk too much. You always, <laughs> I'm laughing because I couldn't believe she said this. You talk too much. You always telling me what to do and you don't let me talk. <clears throat> now I had to take a deep breath because my programming would be to implement the control protocol. Mm. <laughs> Cause see, this is what our elders taught us by the way we were parented. Control at all costs. You're being disrespectful.
0: This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit blackgirlsgettingtheirshifttogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one on one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self care, self love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune into this week's episode. <laughs>
2: Sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means, and be with self-esteem. Supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vica. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting close to God, huh? Running with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys gift to the world, sis. Celeste your body, drink your water. Meditate, God, goddess, heavenly water. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping whether you ratchet or lavish. Whether you You a savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. Made you, but we know he showed out. Mahogany enchantress, blessings overflow now. Picture of success, seductive silhouettes on a spiritual quest. Manifest and be blessed. Mother, sister, auntie, tribal Ashanti, rocking your locks. I got a close crop blondie. The curse and the gift uplift, Apply pressure. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. Black girls are getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm a Black girl trying to get my shift together all the time. And I do that by having these wonderful topics on this podcast. And each week I deliver, I promise to deliver relevant topics that affect our community. So before we get started, make sure to subscribe if you're listening on a replay, please make sure and type replay as well as if you're listening on the audio podcast, make sure you listen, give your girl a five-star review it would be so wonderful and make sure and go to black Girls Their All right. We're going to get right into it. I am going to bring one of our fan favorites on and she's absolutely my favorite. I'm going to bring this beautiful sister on and she's going to drop some gems and get us all the way together. All right, I'm going to bring Miss Lovely Sarita Yvonne to the stage. How are you, beautiful? Thank you so much for asking. I'm wonderful and so happy to be here. I'm so happy you are here. <laughs> this is going to be a fun <clears throat> topic. And I'm going to say fun because I'm going to try to sprinkle it with some positivity. But it, it is a necessary topic. But before we get into it, I want to preface this. We're going to talk about toxic older people. I'm not talking about any aging parent who has any kind of disabilities or, you know, they have Alzheimer's or dementia. We're not talking about that at all. Right. At all. So don't come for me in the comments.
1: Come for her. I got her back.
0: <laughs> then come for me. <laughs> I got you. We'd rather die for real. <laughs> we, we are. We really, we are. But this is a necessary, needed topic. And Sarita and I were talking on the back end and we said, yeah, this needs to be had. So Sarita, again, thank you so much for coming on and discussing this. All right. Let's get into it. We're going to ask a question, but I'm going to wait for a a few more people to log on. How about that, Sarita? Is that okay?
1: That's perfectly fine.
0: All right. So like I said, we are going to talk about different traits of toxic older people. And Sarita, just as a general question, why do you think some people become so, older people become so toxic? And why do we feel obligated to put up with it?
1: Well, you just want to jump right in. Yeah. Uh, let me let me kind of dip the toe in and, you know, lube <laughs> you up before I, you know, put in all 10 of these mind blowing uh, definitions that we're going to talk about when we talk about toxicity. Um, I want to clarify when we talk, as we're talking about these, um, this particular issue, I want you to know we're talking about relational dynamics. Okay. So none of this is meant to blame or shame or demonize our parents or the elder people in our life. But for real, for real, this is the conversation that some of you don't want to have, but you need to have. Because at the end of the day, when we struggle, whether we're old or we're young, <laughs> when we struggle with relating to others relating to people to having kindness and understanding in our relationships, there's a problem. And usually it goes back to some kind of trauma. Mm. So.
0: <laughs> As we we are,
1: yes. And I think that some people feel very strongly about this because they are They hold on to tradition more than they do healthy relationships.
0: I would agree with that. Definitely. The traditional part. Again, that's some toxic traits that have been handed down. And then we was like the disrespectful person when we're triggered. Like, hey. I don't like how that sounded or don't touch me like that yes don't play the emotional gymnastics with me
1: yes
0: yeah mm, I know I saw the eye roll I get it <laughs> I get it <laughs> I go ahead I like what you said about it, it need this conversation is needed and it is very uncomfortable, but I feel when you know better, you do better. Okay. Let me, I'm going to just keep it all the way real because I've been trying to,
1: you know, keep the filter on, but no, <laughs> <laughs> the truth cannot be contained. Let it unleash it. <laughs> unleash and, it. Let me say this too, as another disclaimer. A disclaimer from a therapist that, as we really talk about toxicity in our elders or our parents or our families, because um, that's generally what we're talking about, right? That because that's who we care about. I want you to be aware that not only will the truth set you free, but as you see the dysfunctional dynamics in others, you will absolutely begin to see it in yourself if you haven't already. And so be gentle with yourself as you listen to what we have to say, as you unpack this, because really we are talking about generational trauma. Some of us just see it differently. We'll put a different lens, a different label. We have so many feelings about what other people are doing and not even recognize how we participate in it. So this is what I I think is gonna get real, real, real quick.
0: Well, I have my disclaimer to you is do not hold back. I'm off today. I have all day for this. Let's go. (laughs) Let's get into it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Let's get right into it. All right. So, again, I asked you that question why do you, well, we kind of answered it. Why do we feel like we, why do we feel it's disrespectful when we're being disrespected? Okay, so I think this is a good time to ask the question. Okay, so we have a few people online now. I really encourage some, uh, I, I wanna hear what you all have to say and get your thoughts. I'm gonna ask this question. What do you think are, what's your el- the elders in your family, what's their definition of respect? How do you think they expect us act act to act to be respectful to them? And then I also want to ask you what is your perception of respect? Mm-hmm. I really encourage you all to drop your thoughts in the comments. I we need to know, you <laughs> want to know. please oh. do please do mm-hmm. because I
1: think part of the challenge is that there is a disconnect. And I've given this a lot of thought over the last two weeks. And even mm-hmm. I've done some research because I wanted to understand, even in having conversations with my mother, how she views respect is very different than how I view respect. And I think for our some of our elders, respect was tied into survival. Whereas for us, it's tied into our self-worth. So how you see me, how you treat me, if you validate me or invalidate me. This is why we have a thing where we're like, you so disrespectful. He was disrespectful. Like disrespect is an old wound that has been with us for a very long time. And I think it's part of our generational trauma.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. My experience from watching older people, if you didn't fear them, you were disrespectful.
1: That's fascinating and I think true. And I think for them, respect and obedience to authority meant survival. Mm -hmm. So they had a very different experience with having to respect, having to be silenced, having to do as you were told. And I think for us, that's part of the challenge is because they're wanting unconditional respect because that's what they were taught. They grew up in an environment. So here's where, let's just get all the way into it. Let's do it. A lot of our elders and our parents, they never had boundaries. They weren't allowed to have boundaries. Their boundaries weren't respected. You could go, You l- listen, going out in public meant the likelihood of you being disrespected. You Explain. Explain. For our, even my mother, she grew up in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and the movie theaters were segregated. Mm-hmm. So who you had to be in public, you had to know your place, which is something that parents will, a Black parent will say to their child. You need mm. to know your place. And having a Karen, having somebody tell you, call you a nigga, disrespect you at any time was a part of everyday life. So Mm -hmm. when were, really, when were your boundaries respected? Maybe in the family, maybe when you got home. But the one thing that we've always been able to guarantee respect from was from our children. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can you repeat that again?
1: (laughs) No matter how we've been treated, no matter what the state of the culture the one guarantee where you could be respected, you could be loved and you could be seen was from your children.
0: Wow.
1: And here's where the toxicity begins. Because what happens is when we, especially for our elders, and I have to talk about this because one, you know, I'm a social worker two, we cannot separate culture from our experiences, especially as black people, because it's defined us for so many, for so many generations. Mm -hmm. It's shaped us, how we think, how we interact, and how we parent. Because if you need to raise a child to survive, you need to raise them to be obedient at all costs. Wow. The problem is for us, we've been freer probably than any other generation. So Mm -hmm. you can't raise me to think and be like a slave. Because slaves are the only people
0: that you need
1: disrespect, that you can treat like shit, talk to any kind of way and they will give you unconditional respect and positive regard. They will still raise your children and ensure your well-being.
0: Mm. Compared to our counterparts, <laughs> I grew up I grew up in a black neighborhood, but I went to white schools and when I would go to my white classmates. Now, I, That's when I was there. I don't know what happened after I left, but I just know I didn't see disrespect like that in the yelling and the screaming, the beatings. I just didn't see it. I didn't say it, it didn't exist. I just did not see it. So
1: here's one of the big issues that I see in our community And as parents, as people and how we see children is that white people are much more forgiving of boundary infractions than we are because they can be. I have seen a white kid be like, mom, you get on my fucking nerves. And if a black person hears a child talk like this, like we want to slap the kid (laughs) We
0: like, oh, you gonna let them just do you like that. As a matter of fact, in the comments, because there's people on here, I can I I can see the numbers going up. Let us know if you were to tell one of your parents to shut the fuck up. What would your parent do? Please put it in the comment section.
1: Would would we be planning your funeral? Would you have to get dentures? Like what what would be the time across
0: the room? (laughs)
1: like we're laughing but it's true now I want to say this because I thought you know I have a four-year-old and here's one way that elders are toxic when it comes to boundaries and this has to be said is that I think for because of generational trauma let me say that because again this is not about blaming and shaming but this is about revealing because of generational trauma some of our elders and our parents are threatened when you attempt to push boundaries when you attempt to set boundaries when you assert yourself
2: because see, they
1: view it as disrespect but see here's the thing it disempowers and disrupts authenticity In essence, you are teaching me how to betray myself, how to sacrifice myself, how to be silent, how to ignore my own thoughts and my own needs and play a fucking role. Yes. And this is why it's toxic (sighs) to us. Because I think we've had the luxury more than any other previous generation to be in tune with how we feel, to be in tune with what we want. Like we read books, you know what I'm saying? Going to therapy, we on the internet. Like I know you disrespected me. Because it don't feel good. Right. You
0: know?
1: right? But I think even now my child was four. She told me this morning, mommy, you talk too much. You always, <laughs> I'm laughing because I couldn't believe she said this. You talk too much. You always telling me what to do and you don't let me talk. <clears throat> now I had to take a deep breath because my programming would be to implement the control protocol Mm. (laughs) because see this is what our elders taught us by the way we were parented control at all costs you're being disrespectful but see I know because I have studied human development that what she's doing is natural she's coming into her own she's starting to think about her role she recognizes that her voice is important enough that if I cut her off she know that she has to write to assert herself to say, I am here. I am visible. I have a voice. See me. Mm. Because there's agency in there. We know when we're not seen, And see, some of our parents, they want to control so fucking bad because we've been the only people to see them. And this is why we're trying because it's not our responsibility. You just said it. It is not the responsibility of the kid to see, to affirm, to validate, and to mirror the child because that is emotional immaturity. It is covert emotional incest, and we can go there.
0: You know what? I want to go deeper in that. I would like to read a couple of the comments. So when we asked the question, what would your parents do? What would your black parents do? Yes. Let's, let's keep it straight. If you told them to shut the hell up. So we have Erica said they would pop me. And she's 47 years old. Yes. And pink, I like that name. Pink Dynamite said I would not be here today. <laughs> pink Dynamite, neither would I. I wouldn't be here talking to Girl. you and neither would Sarita. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to touch on this. I love what Pink Dynamite said. She said, S- hey, hey, She said, my father would reason with us. We could talk to him about everything. And that her dad would apologize also when he was wrong. Girl, that's a blessing. That's I true. never experienced that ever to this day.
1: That's emotional maturity.
0: That's it it really is. Mm. So let's get back into this emotional incest.
1: <laughs> so basically, there are, if, if any one of you have watched any of my videos or have heard me talk, I always talked about talk about there's rules. Like there's rules to trauma. There's rules to dysfunction. There are specific behaviors that one is doing that is counterproductive to intimacy to connection to love to healthy relationships and see when it comes to parenting mm, there's a lot of ways that emotional immaturity could show up and covert emotional incest is one of them now this is um not to be confused with actual physical incest there's no violation of touch with the body okay But what it means is is that the emotional support flows from the adult to the child when it's normal in a healthy relationship. But with covert emotional incest, the emotional support flows from the child to the adult. So the child becomes the emotional husband or wife to the parent. They do the confiding. They're always holding space. They will sacrifice themselves or their interests. They are more of maybe like a, uh, instead of a parent-child relationship, it may be more like we're sisters. And some of us would think like, well, what's wrong with that? Well, that means that you ain't got a mama. That means Mm -hmm. that your needs are not being met. That means that you've learned not just to be a child, but to caretake for your parent as if you were the spouse.
0: Speaking of that, I remember watching um, an episode of Ileana Fix My Life. She had on a radio personality that was here in Atlanta. Did you see that episode? I
1: don't, I don't think so.
0: So what happened was the father. <laughs> yeah, you remember. So the I forgot her name. I would yes, say it. I remember. And how she was she was married. She got divorced. The son stayed with her.
1: Mm -hmm. She would take them to ceremonies, like
0: award ceremonies. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she, once Ileana made it clear, like, yeah, this is, like you said, there was no sexual tendencies, not not even touching it, but she, they were going on dates.
1: it's, It's a violation of emotional boundaries. So for your listeners who haven't seen the this particular episode it was a woman who called in because she had just gotten remarried and of course there was an issue with her child and her child obviously (laughs) wasn't really feeling the new dynamics but see the problem was is that she had made the child her emotional husband the child took the place of the partner and Iyana demonstrated this by serving tea in the bathroom.
0: Bathroom, yes.
1: And she said, is, it, is this inappropriate? And the woman was like, yeah. She said, basically, so is what you did. Because basically when this new man came along, she just discarded her child. She The child didn't even come to her wedding.
0: No, she didn't even tell him she at all. And so
1: basically the child became the surrogate spouse. And the problem with that is is that this is different from parentification. So parentification is having adult responsibilities, having to think like an adult, uh, being praised for thinking adult like And all of this, my lovely listeners, Ursula's lovely listeners, is trauma. So it crosses into covert emotional incest when the parent might talk to you about their sex life, their clear boundaries that are violated. Mm. And the child does not get to be a child in either parentification, which is also called enmeshment, meaning where a parent can be more codependent. They can be critical. They can take on the role of being helpless and being a victim. So you, the child, can come to their rescue. Either way, they are expecting you to meet their needs. So they have reversed the role the parent child role that is toxic and if they demand that you stay in this role and caretake caretake for them they're basically asking you to become their parent and it's not only is it controlling but it renders you invisible because Mm -hmm. now you're living for them and through them and not on your own
0: wow Ooh, that's heavy. I love what Serentia said. She said, allowing a child to serve as an emotional caretaker for a parent is a heavy burden for any child to carry.
1: It is. And it Mm -hmm. sets you up for trauma bonds later in life because you've learned how to play your role. You've learned that love is sacrifice. That in order to be loved, you must give, you must do. You must take care of others. That's the problem.
0: Wow. Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you. That's something else. Mm. So let's peel back. Before we go on, again, I see more people logging on. I'm going to ask the question again. What do you think your elders in your family, what is their def, what was their is their definition of respect? And then the second part to that is, how do you, the listener, how do you perceive respect? There's no wrong answer at all. It's just, we want to know. So we really do encourage you to drop your thoughts in the comment section. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, it seems like the parentification is about action. And then the covert emotional incest is the emotion. So,
1: yeah. So signs of parentification is that, and and listen, this happens in families where, you know, there are single parents where or there's poverty or death in the family. So it does happen. But what impacts how the individual takes it all in is really the emotional maturity of the parent. So with that said, parentification is feeling responsible for your siblings, your ch- in your childhood you lack the feeling of play. So the freedom that other children had, you had a more of a sense of responsibility if you were parentified. You felt like you had to be the key- peacekeeper
2: or mm-hmm. that your family
1: wouldn't make it without you. You're giving responsibilities that are not age appropriate. And your childhood consisted of compliments about how good and responsible you were. Mm. Because that's the message that, oh, I'm, I'm loved if I'm responsible. And then they wonder why so many Black women are ultra independent.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's very anxiety inducing. You know, it can be, and it can lead to depression because your needs, again, are not being met as the child
0: i can see the anxiety because it seemed like you you have the pressure to be on all the time and now that you're the more you're talking i can also hear the genesis of a super black woman with the perfection
1: exactly exactly because if a parent is emotionally immature When we are not perfect, or if we're imperfect, we don't do as we're told to do, or you don't play your role properly, then you will be punished or shamed. And that is painful for any child, to be punished for being human.
0: Isn't that something?
1: Yes, it is. (laughs) but we don't think about it like that because i think and you know i would welcome anyone to put in the chat like how do we view children because so many of us have internalized these very ideas even though we're not aware of it like are children uh should we affirm the humanity in a child should a child have a voice or should they be seen and not heard
0: i was just going to say that seen and not heard do as i say not as i do go to your room don't cry shut up
1: (laughs) all of those are very shame inducing responses which means that i feel like now something is wrong with me i am bad i am defective and that's why it's toxic
0: Mm. That is a very hard pill to swallow. (laughs) And you're right. All you want to do is you're born being your authentic self. And it's like they're going to verbally, emotionally, physically beat it out of you. Conform. (laughs) Yes.
1: And and remember for them, conforming meant survival for a lot of our, our elders and relatives and parents. But remember, most of them have unresolved drama. So trauma ta- they're trauma, they're parenting us from their trauma.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you touched on talking about emotionally immature uh-huh.
2: parents
0: uh-huh. and let's give a couple of uh, signs of toxic older people and I'll put this. So here's one, they're self-centered and have a limited capacity for empathy.
1: See, the thing is, when we are (laughs) self-centered, we lack the ability to actually practice and process self-reflection. So someone- What does that mean? So I see, I experience and I participate in the world from a place of a victim. I don't have the ability to see myself and what I'm being and what I'm doing to cause an issue or problem in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? I don't see what I'm bringing and who I'm being because empathy is the ability to understand other people's feelings. But um, if I, just like a narcissist, which some of us and some of our parents and elders are covert narcissists masquerading as martyrs. So
2: Mm. they're like,
1: I do everything. I help people. I'm so good. I'm so loyal. When all of that is a manipulation tactic. There'll be one way in public and then another way at home.
0: Jesus. When it's real.
1: So I'm mm. playing a game, pretending like I know how to help. that I know other people. I know how to, you know, care about other people's feelings and I'm empathetic. But that's what it is. It's a game. I lack the ability to be responsible for myself emotionally and to understand how, I, how I'm being impacts other
0: people. Wow, that's something else. This is huge, disrespectful.
1: Yeah, but they don't see it as being disrespectful because some of them are very much entitled. And I think when we, it's, it's easy to talk about the traits of emotionally immature people or a narcissist because a narcissist is an emotionally immature person. But when it's our parents, it's tough because we idealize them because they've taken care of us because when we were most vulnerable, they were the ones there. We were dependent on them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we don't see the reality of their personality issues or dysfunctions or the way that they relate. But being disrespectful, it ties back into the first one. I don't know. Some of them don't know that they're being disrespectful. Some of them don't care. Some of them feel like regardless of how I treat you, I deserve unconditional respect because that's the law of the land. That's the unwritten rules that have been passed down. And so you, regardless of who I'm being, you need to respect them too and love and cater and care for me despite my
0: bad behavior. And this will roll right into the next one controlling now hey, go to go ahead. back a little further when you asked how did how do you think the adults would see children i would answer that that they would see children as property objects
1: hmm. what does that sound like where do we get those ideas from hmm.
0: slavery the fucking
1: patriarchy That's yeah. exactly it. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. We're treated like objects. And see they treat those of us who those who are toxic they will treat children, their own children as objects just as they yeah. were treated. And if they are if they haven't done any work, they will see it as normal. It Hmm. is definitely
0: normalized dysfunction.
1: Yeah. So I really want to add in this because part of the disconnect on the disrespect topic is that we experience intergenerational trauma as disrespect. And so for them, it is their experience. So, you know, if a mother was sexually abused by someone in the family and it happens to her daughter, and she handles it the same way it was handled for her, being silent, being quiet, trying to protect the the the, the other family members, not doing mm. anything. That's intergenerational trauma. But to me, the, my to my soul, to my heart, it's disrespect. But see, mm. they were able to deal for generations with intergenerational trauma by employing two unhealthy coping skills one is denial we as black people have a special brand of denial we it's do so big, it's so pervasive it's so regular it, and i know because i've had to work through a lot of things and it's something i have to be conscious of because the practice trauma response is deny. this is why we deny red flags <laughs> this is why we deny when we're actually being abused denial
0: yes
1: and minimization is ignoring the impact of trauma and making the traumatic experience smaller than it is and this is how our intergenerational trauma is passed down
0: Mm. emotionally reactive Mm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that is the definition of being emotionally immature
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Because that means you have no real control over your emotions. You probably can't identify your emotions. You are quick to frustration, anger, and rage, which means your frustration tolerance is low. And all of these things you learn as a child. Isn't this what we teach children? We teach them how to care about what other people think, to... Uh, share, to be kind, not to hit, to positively direct their aggression in ways where they're not hurting other people. But see, a lot of people, they skip that part and they just kind of stayed. We're like, people are like 50 years old, 60 years old, and emotionally they are five.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Pink Dynamite says they do what they're taught. You're right. I will I've seen adults that elders that I know now I can see. It. I couldn't see it before, but I see it now. Over the past couple years, I saw a 80-year-old acting like a 12-year-old, having these adult tantrums.
1: Yes, they will have tantrums. That's part of the manipulation. And let me keep it real before I was getting on my healing journey for real, real and not emotionally and spiritually bypassing my shit and my baggage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I have, I'm like, I've been around people who read all the books and they go to classes, but that we was all still the same dysfunctional ass niggas. So let me say that if I would have had, a Hey, child, don't say that
0: anymore. I, I oh, want to, <laughs> I don't want to get a strike on my YouTube. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: I'll keep it clean. I forgot we're on YouTube. And so we were the same dysfunctional people, masquerading as being ambitious and intelligent. But the reality is, is that we were very much emotionally immature because we were employing denial. We were using things that were meant for growth and advancement in order to stay In the same dysfunctional patterns and behaviors. Mm. And, And being emotionally reactive. Still shaming other people and ourselves. Still struggling with unworthiness and making other people responsible.
0: Oh my God, yes.
1: And that's real emotional immaturity. But people got to go to a depth in their soul in order to see this and understand it and to recognize who they think they are and who they've learned to be. Because that is what is running your relationships and dictating how you raise your children and how you relate to everyone else.
0: Wow. We're going to talk about love you in a minute, but I want to plug what I've learned in your class. And it took me, (laughs) it took a minute, but I do know that I definitely experienced emotional reactivity as opposed to responding, but taking your class, I didn't realize how emotionally disconnected I was. So how am I going to respond? Which is why I was reacting and I did not get it. I did not get it. And that we were so embraced just to don't have any emotions. But you better control it. And it's like pressing on the gas and the brake at the same time. <laughs> so it is just easier to re- be reactive as opposed to responding. There's such a disconnect. But I, all the puzzle pieces are coming together. In the comments, you all let me know what you all think. You you know, one of the things that make us emotionally reactive is when
1: we're triggered. And see, nothing triggers someone like having a child. So for a parent who has unhealed trauma and all kinds of wounds, that child is going to trigger them all. And Mm -hmm. if a parent is not aware, they will make the child responsible for their inability to manage and understand their
0: emotions. Wow. You all let me know how you felt about that in the chat or drop your light bulb emojis. Controlling.
1: See, I got to get all the way real with this because uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier that an emotionally immature parent is controlling because, see, they are controlling not just out of survival at this point, but because they're getting. It's like a narcissist has supply. Some children are supply for their parents.
0: Girl, yes. Yes. And, you know, they, 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 it's like, I need to get filled up. Can you go a little deeper for to explain what does a child being a supply for a manipulative, controlling parent?
1: Yes. So the child is the one, one place, one person or people that will guarantee that I'm loved, that I'm seen, that I'm heard and respected. And so supply means that I get my, sense of worth and validation from my child. So I might live vicariously through them. I might push them into certain roles so that I'm seen as good. I'm the good person. I'm the good parent. See, look at all the things that my child has done when it's really giving them a boost of self-worth and self-esteem. Not because the child is a whole being discovering life for themselves, through themselves. No, it's you make me look good. Mm. And see, when you make me look good, then I feel good. And it helps to alleviate some of this deep shame and unworthiness I've been hiding
0: most of my life. Wow, that is deep. I get it, I get it. This, (laughs) you're gonna laugh at this one. Angry.
1: It's so interesting because both of these, controlling and angry, are two that Black women are often called.
0: (laughs) Yes, and aggressive.
1: Yes, we are. And let me say that we do have some controlling tendencies. Not all of us, but we do. And the anger that I think that is pushed on us is not always accurate, but I think because of trauma, because of our experiences, a lot of us have a uh, silent rage, that mm-hmm. has been brewing for so long for the, all of the reasons we are discussing when a parent disempowers you t- from being yourself when they invalidate your perception what you think when they invalidate your emotions because their emotions are more important then basically the meta message is cuz it's a message that we all internalize is i am unworthy I am unimportant. In order to be loved, I need to be something else. And the result of that, of course, is shame and loneliness, but also rage. Mm. It's it's painful to not be who you are, to not be seen, to not feel like you matter. And that is the one wound that is passed down from generation to generation. Because if I was never taught to see myself, how am I going to know how to see my children?
0: Wow. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all.
2: For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and beam with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine, a Vikka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunch with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown. You guys give to the world, sis. celestial your body. Drink your water, meditate. Sun kiss God is heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic Melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish Whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure You got to love a black girl getting a shift together Black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together Man, these black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together, dog.